Irish dance sensations, genius sleight of hand artists, glamour, comedy, circus and a goose. Those were some of the things that you would have seen and indeed did see if you were at the Beth McGuin Working Men's Club last June the 14th. This is Matt Ricardo's London Varieties, I'm Matt Ricardo. This month we had the astonishing Richard McDougall, the hilarious Noel Britton and the spandex covered Lords of Strutt. And as always you'll hear a little bit of those acts in the podcast, but mainly this show is about the interview and this week's was something very special indeed. Now, before you listen to it, You've got to get yourself in front of YouTube and type in Dior Dancers. That's Dior, like Christian Dior, Dancers. And you should find a black and white clip that starts out with good old Bruce Forsyth. Now, sit back and watch this amazing act. I'll wait, pause the podcast, I'll be here when you get back, okay? Okay, you back? Amazing, wasn't it? Wasn't the girl great? I see an act like that and I just want to be able to ask the girl what it was like doing that, what it was like being that in the heyday of variety. And that's exactly what I did. My guest on last month's Matt Ricardo's London Varieties was the girl from that act, the incredible Marianne Gundrew. Enjoy the interview. Good evening! Here we are again. Okay, um, this is Matt Ricardo, London Varieties. I am obviously Matt Ricardo. Who has been here before? I'm going to do a, tri- a, a, a very quick trick with uh, five balls. It's nothing uh, innovative, but I haven't done it for a while, so I thought I'd give it a go. I'm going to catch one of these balls on the back of my neck. <laughs> this trick is called, anyone? The neck catch. Okay. <laughs> I, that, that is not one of the new tricks, um, but I'm going to do a trick now that I haven't done for, for... I've done it once in about 15 years, and it was actually on this stage about two years ago, and it didn't go that well, so I thought I'd try it again. Um, I'm going to do... Well, I'm going to juggle less objects. Um, I'm going to juggle three balls. Um, these are the first two balls. Uh, oh. The 16-pound... Electric blue Brunswick American style professional bowling ball. <laughs> now I know you're thinking this guy's a professional performer, this is a routine he's done before, this is clearly, it, it looks convincing enough, but it's probably some specially made fake juggling prop and it's not a real bowling ball. <laughs> Holy mother of <laughs> Now I don't know if you heard a certain mouthy git in the front row there who shouted, what did you shout, Andre? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Who would like to see the net catch? Yeah! With, with which ball? Anyone got a preference on which ball? Okay, I am going to catch the 16-pound American-style professional bowling ball on the back of my neck. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Best it's ever gone, that. Man, have we got a show for you tonight, and it's my absolute pleasure to introduce this next man. Um, I'm not going to gush too much, but you are in for a treat, so sit back. Everyone take a breath. Out. Good. You are in for something beautiful, exquisite, witty, and delightful. Please welcome the amazing Mr. Richard McDougall. See you both and kill two with one stone. Can we give 
Klasse. K. He had a goose. <laughs> so, um, those of you that have been here before will know that every month I set myself a challenge. Um, every month I set myself a challenge of learning a brand new trick, and I work quite hard during the uh, month in between shows to learn it, and then I attempt it uh, live on stage in front of you people. Um, who remembers what it was last month? Spoons! It was, it was a trick, um, a, a, a quite old trick called All the Spoons and All the Glasses. Um, I was actually, I was kind of um, struggling uh, last month for uh, an idea of a new trick to learn. I was kind of, you know, and then I saw these, this, this piece of footage. Okay, so, uh, okay, I'm just gonna show the, uh, uh, this month's, well, this is Spoons and Glasses. This is essentially going passion. And that I can do. Yeah, he can do it. No! <laughs> uh, okay. Now, the guy, in the, uh, the guy in the video had six glasses and six spoons, um, but I couldn't find a tray that fitted six glasses. So it's five, so shut up. <laughs> okay, I get, as is the rules, I get three tries, and if, after three tries, I still can't do it, I get three more tries. <laughs> we could be here sometime. Thank you. Now, um, at this point in most shows, I would uh, tell you the trick that I'm going to attempt to do next month. Next month's show is the last show of the 2012 season of Matt Ricardo's London Varieties. I know. Um, and I, you might not like this, but I'm not going to learn a trick. Um, because, frankly, there's too much in my life and I haven't got time, and I wouldn't want to do it half-assed. So um, there is no trick challenge for next month's show, but there is some extra special stuff happening next month to make up for that. So, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the next act. Um, I first encountered these gentlemen um, earlier this year in uh, Christchurch, New Zealand, where they were the hit of the festival. Um, they are Ireland's hardest working man band. Please go mental for the Lords of Strut! Hey, Sean. Yeah, my mic's perfect. <laughs> me too. <laughs> And I am ready to do a show. Yeah, me too, Seamus. Are you guys ready to be blown away? Yeah! Well, it looks like we're in the blowing business. <laughs> I'm famous Seamus. This is my brother, Sean-tastic. <laughs> we are Lords of Strut. L-O-R-D-S-O-F, S-T-R-U-T. Strut, L-O-R-D-S-O-F, S-T-R-U-T. Strut, L-O-R-D-S-O-F, S-T-R-U-T. Strut! And we're gonna show you people the greatest dancing show this world has ever seen. Strut, L-O-R-D-S-O-F, S-T-R-U-T. Strut! Meaty.
right? <laughs> okay, now, those of you that have been here before will know that every month um, I talk a little bit um, about one of my heroes. Um, and sometimes it's someone that you might have heard about, and sometimes it's someone that you might not have heard of. And uh, this month, it, it, you might have heard of this person, but not for the uh, reason I'm going to talk about him. Um, I'm going to talk about a gentleman called W.C. Fields. Um, W.C. Fields, you might know from his work in black and white movies, where he famously portrayed uh, a foul-mouthed, misogynic, misogynic? misogynistic, child-hating alcoholic. What you may not know is that in real life, he was a foul-mouthed, misogynistic, child-hating alcoholic juggler. Um, he was a juggler. Um, <laughs> I, I prepared a few little notes here because um, I, I, I wanted to say a couple of things that I you know, couldn't hold in my tiny head. Um, but essentially, he got into films because he already had international success on the vaudeville circuit and in, on Broadway as a juggler. Um, <laughs> when he got to, to movies, to the big screen, he brought all the things he learned in vaudeville. He brought his grouchy, mumbling delivery, his honed routines, and often his juggling too. In, in a few of his films, he does juggling routines, which don't actually fit in the film. They look kind of out of place, but he wanted to do them in the films because he had spent most of his life learning to juggle. Um, of course, when he went to the big screen, he also brought his demons. His heavy drinking is well documented. Um, I found this lovely story. On movie sets, he kept a thermos flask containing pre-mixed martinis, which he referred to as his pineapple juice. While filming Tales of Manhattan, a co-star switched the contents of the flask, filling it with actual pineapple juice, which famously caused Fields to yell from his dressing room, who put pineapple juice in my pineapple juice? <laughs> he was an atheist. Um, in his own words, he regarded all religion with the suspicions of a seasoned con man. Um, on Christmas Day in 1946, the booze finally got him and he died. But he left quite the legacy, two legacies, in fact. A world-class juggler and a legendary film star. Um, as a juggler, his tricks are kept alive by vaudeville schmucks like me. And, and everyone knows him from the movies. Um, he wrote most of these movies himself. Um, and he had lots of very entertaining pen names. Um, he never wrote under his own name. Pen names included Charles Bogle, Otis Cribliopis, <laughs> and a name that looks Indian when written down, but when you read out loud, you realize that Mahatma Kane Jeeves isn't actually Indian. <laughs> the characters in his movies had brilliant names too. Um, his characters included Larceny Whipsnade, Egbert Suze, Ambrose Wolfinger, and of course, from the film The Old Fashioned Way, The Great McGonagall. And it is from The Old Fashioned Way that we're going to look at a clip now. Um, this 1934 film is very valuable in that it contains an almost complete recreation of one of his juggling acts. So, it's the 30s, you're in a small Broadway theatre, um, the lights have gone down, and you're about to welcome W.C. Fields.
say something. Um, I've been, I'm, I'm writing, this is not scripted, I'm, I'm writing my new one-man show, and one of the themes I'm exploring in it is how tricks get handed down through generations of performers, and if some of you maybe have seen me work before, I've seen me do cigar boxes and saw something familiar there. Um, but just this is interesting. It, when he did three balls, do you notice the trick he did that looked like this? That? See that? Go and look at, and Andre will know this, go and look at um, the Steve Martin Live. The What venue is that? Is it? Hollywood Bowl. Steve Martin Live at the Hollywood Bowl, he does a little juggling routine. He does exactly that because he was a big fan of WC Fields. And I just love how tricks get handed down, and now I do it in my people routine. Um, so, what you didn't see there, you saw one of, his, of, of WC Fields' props of choice, which were the cigar box. He was famous for the cigar box because he started out as a tramp juggler which was like, uh, there's a thing called a gentleman juggler, which is kind of me. And there was a kind of satire of that in the time. The tramp juggler, who was the opposite of the gentleman juggler, he used crappy props, things like cigar boxes that people might have thrown away. Um, but then as his uh, vaudeville career became a Broadway career as a juggler, he started using bigger props and he got famous for doing uh, a routine with a pool table. He had a full pool table, pool cues and balls and did a whole routine based around pool and, and stuff. Um, so, um, <laughs> I did say that I learned two tricks this month, so um, I'm going to attempt to recreate for you now just one of W.C. Fields' uh, pool routines, or pool tricks, rather. <laughs> We're going to start the second half with a clip. Um, I think you're going to enjoy this. So, again, we're going to go back in time, so take a breath in and a breath out. It is April 17th, 1960. You are in the Palladium, settling into your nice little red velvet seat, and the show is starting. you have ever seen. Holy cow. Now, you know, I see an act like that, and, and that was obviously at one of the, one of the heydays of, of variety. That was 1960 at the Palladium. And all I can think of is what was it like to, to be that, to do that? Um, what was it like to be the girl in that act? Should we ask? Yeah! Please welcome from the DR Dancers, Marianne Gunju. Yeah. 
when I when I started this this show and and thought I would interview some people, this is exactly what I had in mind. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you for asking me. Um, great privilege. I've got some questions. Um, okay, so firstly, um, what's what's the name for that kind of act? Adagio. It's an adagio act, mm -hmm. and. I think the, the, you, you were in the Dior Dancers, which I've done a little research. I think it's fair to say they were certainly one of the most successful acts of its kind, of its time. Of its time. Of its yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so I have written here, you're spending your days on stage in a dress with a split up the side, being thrown around by three men in tuxedos. How do you get there? How do you get to that point? <laughs> <laughs> well... I always wanted to be a dancer when I was little, just like lots of little girls, you know. And um, when I got to about 15, I realized I wasn't going to make it. I was too small. And, you know, they did measure you from your ankle to your knee, from your knee to your hip. And, and they said, no, nah, you're not going to make the corps de ballet. So I thought, my God, you know, uh, cutthroat time, really. You know, you, all your life you, you aspire to one thing, and suddenly you realize it's not going to happen. So. Um, uh, I just became a chorus girl, and somebody saw me in the lineup and said, you're having a hard time, aren't you? Because he could see all the girls are leaning on me because I'm so small. They're much taller, you know. <laughs> so he said, I know uh, an adagio, uh, adagio impresario called Bob Ganju, who belongs to the great Ganju brothers and Juanita act, and he's looking for a girl for a, a new act that he's doing. Send me a pash, you know, a daijo, a pash. He said, how do you like to try out for that? And I said, well, why not? I'm not doing anything else. So, um, you know, he, I, I walked in to the, the room and I remember he said, right, sit on my hand. And he said, now just, I'm going to push you up. And he said, you just straighten your leg, you know. So I, I did just that. And he said, how do you feel? So I said, great. <laughs> so that was me. That was that's how I got into it. So you had you had no training in any sort of acrobatics or gymnastics. Yes, you yes. had. You did. Yes, since I was you know real a baby, I used to uh, sit on the floor with my legs around my neck. Apparently, my mum said and she thought I was deformed. So she's. <laughs> Took me to the doctor. He said, "No, she's just a contortion. You know, she just uh, loose limbed. So just take her to dance school." So. And, and how long between you know that first audition and taking it on stage? Um, from the time we started rehearsing. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, it was pretty much a year, I would think. Uh, and we had the, the Ganja brothers helping us. You know, the, the boy showing the boys how to hold the girl. You know, the, the grip. And uh, Joy was showing me how to hold myself, you know, really stiff, and just let the boys um, throw you, and you just <laughs> go for it. So. And it never bothered me. It, I, I, I don't feel, I, don't, I can't remember a time when I felt frightened. That was one of my questions. Oh. At, at no point were you scared? No, I think... Um, I was scared watching. You, you can't... I, I, think you, I don't think you would do it if you don't have that in you to... Yeah. to and I've always been a bit of a daredevil, climbing trees with the boys and doing all the things that a girl's not supposed to do, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, uh, I just loved it right from the word go. Never, you know, never bothered me. Yeah. What, what struck me when, when I first um, saw that clip was... <laughs> quite how adult the act is. 
it's 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 really <laughs> sexualized. Um, oh. Was that was that common in acts of that type, or did did your act stand out as being different? Bob, who was the divisor of the act, um, actually, because he used to work in this. The, I don't know if you remember the Ganja Brothers and Juanita, a lot of you. Um, they used to work, work in powdered wigs. It was a very classical type of act. They used to work for, uh, to, to the music of Blue Danube. And it was extremely classical. The boys um, worked as one. They were brothers, so they worked as one man. And it was just um, amazing, that act. But um, when Bob got sick, they were at the Palladium no, no, sorry, the Prince of Wales for a year, and he got ill. He had a heart attack, basically, so he couldn't catch anymore. He was the catcher in the act. And he, did, he was lying in his hospital bed, and he got this idea to, uh, for a new act for a, a whole new group, young people, with a very sexy act, half a pash and half adagio. And so that's how that came about. And advertised for the boys, and he had to train them. Obviously, they knew nothing. I mean, one was one was a body builder, I think. The other one worked backstage at the Chizik Empire, and, and one worked in uh, stationers. <laughs> wow, did their lives change? <laughs> into the wings, which is my favourite bit of the entire act, because everyone goes, what? Uh, who catches you? Does one of the guys, one of the guys vanished? Yeah. Okay, just stupid. Yeah, the catcher just... In my head there's a net. Slipped off the stage. Okay. So, I guess with, with Bob's reputation in the previous act, you kind of had bookings and success pretty much from the off. Well, no, we had to do some breaking in, you know, because we were all green. We hadn't done yeah. it before. And we had six, six, only six weeks breaking in date, um, finishing at the Met Edgware Road with um, Max Miller, who uh, insisted on uh, going on the act before us, because we had to go at the end of the show because we were almost unscheduled. Act, you know, we just wanted experience on the yeah. stage, and he was always telling the audience to go home. Practically, for when we walked on stage, he, I mean, he was saying, uh, "Oh well, go home," and you know how he used to that that, that parting shot, you know, be, yeah. be careful, accidents happen to the nicest people and all that business. And they were walking out as we were coming on stage, but never mind, you know. We uh, we got a lot of publicity from that, and in fact, we got some. Ed Sullivan show in New York from that uh, from that show. So when did you do the Ed Sullivan show? Um, just uh, that was the next thing. Um, the we went to um, New York. We were called straight away to New York after let's see, 57, 50, right. 50s. Yeah, we started in 56, 57, 58. Yeah. Probably 58, mm -hmm. actually. Do you remember who else was on the bill on the Ed show? Um, no, I was too scared. <laughs> oh, I, you know, it was, yeah. I, I was just a bundle of nerves the whole time. I bet. You know, and we saw, we'd never done television, let alone a nationwide television show in New York City. Yeah. It's just amazing. How did it go? Well, that was, actually, I had the most embarrassing moment in my in career on that, that show. Um, when, we, when we first got there, they said, well, show us your costume. 
So we showed him the costume and he said, uh, can you work in that costume? And I said, oh yeah. They said, well, let's see the act. So we, we, I did, went through the act and they said, hey, honey, you can't show, can't go on national television showing all your tush. <laughs> and I went, ah, tush? I didn't even know what a tush was. So I thought, my God, you know, I felt the, I thought the worst. So, <laughs> how can I be showing that? <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, during the show, it's really strange, during the show... Sorry, am I too close to this? I don't know. <laughs> Is it sounding all right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, the, the opening bars of the act, you know, the curtains open, the Dior dancers, da-da-da, and the curtain goes up, opening bars, the strap goes, ping! <laughs> Uh, to Ron, my stress broke. He said, carry on, carry on. <laughs> so the music starts and then we go, we, we go for it. And I'm trying to hold the, the, the strap in my tooth for, for a while, you know, my teeth, because uh, <laughs> I thought, I just don't want to, you know. So anyway, <laughs> anyway it, um, I thought, well, uh, there's, no, there's no way this is going to work and me go for the trick. So I just had to abandon all or modesty and go for it. And we got a lot of work from that. <laughs> the agents were calling up. They said, we saw the act on TV. Can you keep that st the, the strap stunt in? And I said, no. <laughs> So I have, in, in 1958, I, I've done a little research, um, that was also the year that you did the Royal Variety Show? Yes, we came back from, from doing that little bit, um, well, as I say, we got a lot of work from that show in New York and uh, travelled all across America to Vegas and um, st or did all the Statler circuit. Do you know, I, I'm awful at, at uh, remembering years, what, when anything happened, you know, I'm terrible. Um, I, I think it was that time. We've been to America so many times mm -hmm. working that I'm, I think, I, I'm sure it was that time. But when we left um, Vegas, we did, we did Minsky's Burlesque, believe it or not, they thought we were an apt act for that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so we went straight back to the London Palladium from the... Talking of the yeah. Palladium, you, you mentioned to me that you had uh, a, a, an accident there? Yeah, we did. We had a, a few, but that was um, probably the, the... I made the front page of the Daily Express, anyway. <laughs> Girls fall seven feet onto her head. Um, it was a very hot night, and, uh, I mean, we didn't have many mishaps throughout the years, I must say, but um, that was a very hot night, and... Although you use rosin on your hands and um, r uh, stuff wrapped around your, yeah. you know, I can't remember what they're called, wristbands, and tons of rosin, uh, it was a very, as I say, a very hot night, and I just slipped out of the boys' hands when they went to throw the barrel throw, which is one where I'm two boys, one boy has my hands, one boy has my legs, and they swing me like that, and I spin. That was the barrel throw. And I just came out of their hands before they had actually launched me. And I just fell in between the, the uh, throwers and the catcher. 
came down on my head because that's the heaviest part of you. You always come down, <laughs> if you're coming, you know, up, down on your head. And they took me to um, hospital. Um, and uh, I, I, I was pronounced okay because they, uh, they said, oh, my God, you, you, you must have a very hard head. <laughs> <laughs> so I, there was no, 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 no bad, um, bad things happened from that, except that I, got, um, I, I decided I would go back the next night because um, I might not have gone back otherwise. Mm. So, um, yeah. so I got back straight into the act and uh, t uh, was greeted with a, a lovely dressing room full of flowers from all the cast, so that was lovely. Nice. Uh, very, very kind. Yeah. So you went back to Vegas. Um, I have here that you opened a show at the Tropicana Hotel. Yes, yeah, we were in the Folie Bergère there for a... No, that's not a bad CV credit, is it? No, it's <laughs> very good. One, uh, the first time we went for a year, and they said, well, we'd love you to, to come back again, but we, you need a year in between because it's a different yeah. show. You can't, uh, you know, repeat the same act. So we went back um, three years later as well. So. Wow, and that was when Vegas was, oh. I guess, the glamorous place that yes. is in my head. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not the way it was no. at all. No. When you flew in over Vegas at night, you all you saw was the strip, really a strip of light going out into a dark desert. Now it's just an enormous, great city. Mm. I think yeah, it's a yeah. totally different place. Now you told me that. Um, <laughs> we had an incident while driving in Arizona. Well, we started driving across America from New York, because then the boys couldn't drive, so I was driving. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a girl in a car with three guys in the back. Yes, all asleep, snoring their heads off with their legs around my neck. Yeah. And you know, legs up like this, and they can see there's two feet each side of my head. And, and Bob and I shared the driving, that was the manager of the act. And, um, and I got rather bored one, one day when we were driving through Arizona and it was just, it just went on and on. This ribbon of road just went on forever. Nothing each side. And I thought, I wonder how fast this car goes. <laughs> so I put my foot down. And it, yeah, it was 120 miles an hour, and suddenly the siren came from out of nowhere. Goodness knows where it came from. And uh, flagged me down, and he said, um, do you know how fast you were going? And I said, uh, no. <laughs> I wasn't watching. <laughs> so he said, would you like to follow me to the uh, local ch uh, church, you know, the local jail? So I thought, where? <laughs> Where is this jail? It's miles of nothing, you know. So we finally found a little track and went off, and, and he had to wake the the, uh, the sheriff up, and he came down in his dressing gown with his sheriff's hat on, <laughs> and, and started talking about London, how what a wonderful place it was, and it's going to war, and da, 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 da. And I thought, oh great, I'm going to get away with this. And then he said, that that will be twenty dollars, please. <laughs> But that was a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the act, um, uh, as I understand it, finished in 1963. Is that, is that about accurate? Um, no, no. No? 
know. Um, <laughs> 69. The internet lied to me. We <laughs> get lots of false information on the internet. Now, don't <laughs> Is this true? <laughs> I, I won't hear it. <laughs> so that, that, that's quite a healthy career. It's, it's a nice... Yes, it's, it's, it's not bad. And, and I probably would have gone on if my, and my mum had died of unfortunately during that time. And I decided that I had to go and look after my children myself. So. Right, okay. Yeah, my, my, my question was what happened next. So, yeah. mm -hmm. so I guess... Well, I got married in, in, in between all this. Well, yes, I was going to say... I, I married the manager of the yeah, act, Bob, and we had two Bob children. Bob was a smart man, wasn't he? Yes, Because yes, not only was he a genius choreographer, but also he married you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at, at, at what point did, did, did you marry Bob? Um, we, we got married in 63, in between the second and third show on a Saturday night in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the definition of show business, right there. <laughs> um, and I guess we should talk about what you do now. Um, what you do now is you're involved heavily in the Water Rats. Uh, the Lady, the Lady Rattlings. Rattlings. The granddaughter of Lady Rattlings, yes, with the sisterhood of the, the Water Rats. And you were the last year the Queen Rattling? Queen Rattling, yes. Uh, do we want to know yes. what this uh, organisation is and does? We'll tell them what, what this organisation is and does. Um, we basically um, raise a lot of money for charity and um, have a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> we put on shows and uh, we have a couple of big meetings a, a year. Um, well, we have various, well, many meetings a year, in fact. But we have, we have a lovely spring lunch in, in uh, May and an autumn ball in November at a London hotel and we just raise a lot of money and give it to charity. Now I think, I think just for the last uh, few minutes of this um, I'm going to break the tradition and I'm going to open it up to you guys. Um, so if anyone has a question for Marianne, put your hand up and tell me and then I will say it again for the benefit of the microphones and then we can get an answer. So, you sir. What were the two forms? You said adagio, and what's the other one? Apache. Apache. I'm far too young. And that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's generally when the, the, the man mistreats the woman. Oh. Drags her on the floor by her hair. I wouldn't allow them to do that to me. So. <laughs> that's what you saw as well. <laughs> all, all I allow. <laughs> I want to know what kind of training you were doing throughout your career and to maintain your fitness. Ah, and um, what since I've stopped doing it? Well, no, while you were getting established and while you were doing your performance. And now, yeah. Because <laughs> you, look, you look incredible, you look fantastic. Oh, I go to the gym. <laughs> I, I, uh, when I stopped doing Adagio, I, I used to do ballet classes two or three times a week and uh, anything that was dancified. Can't stand uh, just exercising for the sake of exercising. I like to do it to music and dance. You know. And to get established to, for the skills that you had for that performance we saw, was that all gymnastics? Yeah. 
I think I would agree with that. And oh, I think we have one more question. Didn't you meet some other famous people in Vegas? In Vegas? Yes. Tell us. Oh, yes. You holding on us? Well, you know, in in Vegas in those days, you used to get all the stars walking through the lounges, and you just brush shoulders with them, and they'd come and watch the act. Um, they gave parties. Uh, um, Sammy Davis Jr. used to give throw parties for the whole of the strip, you know, after the, the third show on Saturday night, you know. Uh, the third show is like two o'clock in the morning, so then we used to have a party. And we'd, we'd all go home when the sun was coming up, and we'd throw ourselves in the pool, you know. Oh, it's a crazy life, it's wonderful though. But, uh, but yeah, lots, lots and lots of stars. You see uh, Sarah Vaughan in the lounges, you used to sit for the price of a drink, you just watch all these wonderful stars performing. It was an amazing place, really. But no clocks anywhere, I always. <laughs> no clocks. Don't want you to know what the time no. was. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> One last question, anybody? Yeah. Right at the back there. Um, well, that's pretty electric. The effect on this room of that video is amazing. When you look at things which are shown on television now, and when you look at talent shows, and what, what do you feel? Do you, does it compare at all? Well, I think some of the things the young people do now are absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I, I can't equate what we did with what I see on the television nowadays. With I mean, just ordinary, Kids on the streets do amazing things. I, I, they have much more opportunity to, to learn their skills. I think they have all these trampolines in the gardens, for instance. My grandchildren have these fantastic trampolines. And they can do somersaults. I mean, I didn't do anything like that until I started do, doing the act. In fact, I still can't do any, any acrobatics on my own. Tinskis and backflips and things like that. I didn't do any of that. Tinsky. Um, uh, Turnovers, you know. Uh, I don't know. Hand, handstands going over. Can't you know, can't can't okay. I'm a chuckler. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it was an absolute delight. Thank you so much for coming. Next guy, our headliner tonight, um, it's my absolute pleasure to bring him on. I've known him for as long as I've been performing. Um, he is hilarious. Um, I'm, I'm not going to pick him up. Just please go nuts. Mr. Noel Britton. Thanks, Shredder. Before we get started, a round of applause to your host, Matt Ricardo. He's been making me laugh all day. He's dressed now, obviously, but um, it's, uh, it's good to be here. It's, uh, it's and that's all for this month. The sad news is that next month's show is the last London Varieties of the year, but we're going out with a bang.
with. From New York, the very funny Magic Brian. From Canada, the downright bizarre Mike Wood. From Australia, the scintillating Josephine Shaker. And from Surrey, the undisputed heavyweight champion of chat pop, Mr. B the Gentleman Rhymer. The varieties will be at the Edinburgh Festival for the whole fringe with a different show every single day. And if you want to see more of me, I'll also be taking my brand new one-man show up there. Go to mattricardo.com for all the details on what we'll be doing at the Fringe. Once again, thanks to Kirsty at Sounds Wild, to Riri, to Maud, to the British Comedy Guide, to everyone at the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club, and of course to you for listening. If you like what you heard, please do go to iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps. And if you haven't been to see the show live yet, you have one more chance this year, and you probably should. The final show of 2012 is on July the 12th. Doors, 7 o'clock. Show, 8 o'clock. Tickets are just £10, and you can get all the info again at mattricardo.com. Hope to see you there. But until then, that was your London Varieties. Bye. Matt Ricardo's London Varieties. Yeah.